Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Recovering You. This is a podcast where we take you step by step through what to expect when you step into a life of recovery. We are so excited for the guests that we have on our show tonight. I, I absolutely normally I go through like this, this kind of like catching up with everything that's going on, but there's so much to cover tonight. And there's so many questions that we have for our guests. Uh, I once again, want to introduce uh, Chris, my, my co-host, Chris, how's it going? Yeah, it's going great. Happy to be here. We, I, yeah, you have heard us mention this man by name and uh, he, you've got him tonight. The man, the myth, the legend. Do you want to roll the intro there, Cameron? Let's bring him in. Cue lights, <laughs> put out the fog. <laughs> Yeah, we should have had a play-in song jams. for you. Here it comes, <laughs> Cody Haas. Welcome to the show, man. Oh man, thanks guys. Thanks Chris. Thanks Cameron for having me. We were just saying before this that, that you have honestly kind of become a celebrity amongst conversations with us. I mean, number one because for for me personally, I have such a close bond with you because for two years, basically every single week you were digging into the depths of my soul and helping me discover and recover my true self and who I am today. I owe so much to Cody Hawes uh, among, among other people, but, but Cody, you are up there in the people that have totally changed my life and helped me discover a new loved and healthy version of myself. So I thank you for that, my friend. Oh man, you're so kind. Thanks, Cameron, for involving me in that. It's, it was, it's been, and has been, just an amazing pleasure to be just a part of that. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. We were wondering if you'd do a quick bio for us and just kind of give people a sense of your background, what got you interested um, in becoming a therapist, how long you've been at it, and kind of what your focuses or specialties are. Who is Cody Haas? Cody Haas. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, from Oregon, got into um, therapy. I just loved, really kind of started on my mission. I just wanted to, I loved helping people. I loved being around people. Awesome. I had a lot of empathy there. Started that process of being very empathic from a very young age, but it came to fruition on the mission. Where'd you um, serve? Uh, Texas McAllen Mission. All right, there you go. All our Texas listeners out there. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Man, it's a good place down there, <laughs> right on the border. Nice. But yeah, I got back from a mission. I uh, got my degree in sociology and worked in youth corrections for about two years. And so that's where I got like a really good start. I started in a sex offender unit, teaching the youth there. And just, man, it just kind of even more piqued my interest to, to go get more education. So I went to Eastern Washington University and got my master's in social work. And ever since, it's been almost uh, two decades of working and um, just kind of the uh, my own practice and with Life Changing Services and Sons of Helaman, Menomoroni. Specialize in uh, addiction recovery, betrayal trauma, marriage repair. EMDR, lifespan integration, a lot of the um, kind of getting past past traumas and uh, looking how to get to the point where we can very much focus on the, the present. And so that's my specialty. 
I love it. It sounds like if, if there's a, someone that's uh, dealing with a trauma or an addiction, it sounds like you've got a great set of tools to help them get a handle on that. That's fantastic. Yeah, there's some really excellent training out there for therapists and even, even everybody can go and get this type of training. And it's really helpful, not only for personal recovery, but helping others recover. It's been pretty cool. So I, I, I'm just curious, Cody, um, with, I mean, you said you used to work in the prison system and, and basically you have these people come to you that are not only broken spiritually and emotionally, but a lot of times, I mean, they, they are just manifesting physical brokenness as well, that they, they are just shattered people. And some of them back when you, because you said you worked in the prison system, have had done pretty atrocious things. And does this ever I mean, does this weigh on you? That are how are you able to not take this stuff home? How are you able to cope with these heavy things that you deal with? Yeah, it was it was good to start out in the prison system. Um, I got to see really what causes a lot of vicarious trauma and compassion fatigue just by the the mere people, the population I was working with. Really amazing people, just very very common. Uh, just made some made some really bad decisions. And especially the population that I worked with, and um, but it was great to see in my process how to how to navigate the the vicarious trauma and the and the compassion fatigue, just because these people are so awesome. They're human, and they they're one you know they were they were one choice that got into that situation, and so I often tell people in my office, man, we're not immune to that one choice. So beware of what, what the adversary is going to do to, to get you to the point where you can just make that one choice that just changes. And so I often have to like catch that empathy. I have to do some prayers on the way to work, pray on the way back from work to really do kind of an inventory of, of what happened that day and to have Heavenly Father take on more of my, you know, like understanding of what I can do to make sure I can navigate my life at home too. So it's a lot of work. But it's awesome. I love that. We, we often talk about how what we love about life-changing services, uh, the company you work for, the company that, um, you know, I, I mentor their groups. Chris is a personal warrior trainer. Um, so we're all pretty involved with this. But the thing that we love so much about it is that mixing of the scientific with the spiritual. And I, and I love that you essentially approach and end your day with a prayer in order to kind of prepare yourself and allow Heavenly Father to kind of remove those burdens so that you don't take them home with you. I think that's so powerful and so awesome that, that you're able to do that. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, for sure. And um, there's, yeah. there's something that stuck out to me in your, in your remarks just now about that one choice. Something that we've talked about a lot on our, our podcast is hitting rock bottom. How do you know when you've hit rock bottom? What do you do when you've hit rock bottom? And obviously it's heartbreaking when for some people hitting rock bottom means that they have broken laws that they then need to go into the correction and uh, prison system. I believe that that therapy can, if, if we're proactive about it, engaging proactively in therapy can prevent a lot of that. So for those folks out there listening, when, when would you say, or how do you know when it's right to say, I need therapy? I haven't necessarily broken any laws yet, but I, I don't want to either. <laughs> so if, if people are, are out there wondering, well, maybe I should go see a therapist is what's kind of the, the litmus test 
that says, yes, you know, you're at a point where now is, is the time to get involved in therapy? Well, if people can realize it real quick, right? Um, humanity <laughs> is the litmus test, right? Um, just by the mere fact of being human, there's a lot of crap that we deal with on this on this earth. And so being able to navigate emotions. And so we, we're trying to really create this trend where it's almost like a dental checkup, a mental health checkup, right? Mm-hmm. Every six months, at least getting in and, and doing a mental health checkup with someone that, yeah you've researched and and uh, you can get an accurate kind of trust in them even with the, the stuff that we see online every rock bottom so unique and so relative you know mm-hmm. um, we got rock bottoms where you know people may have to do some time and really changes them real quick and we got others that such a slow but sure approach where they they get to that rock bottom um you got many that like like myself if, man if i if I do something wrong, I'm like, Ooh, I got to go get with God real quick. Got to go realign. Well, yeah, absolutely. It used to be worse than what it is now. Like if I hit a, even a mood battle and I, and I act on, I'm like, Ooh, lost bow analysis time. But, um, every rock bottom. So, so unique to everybody. And some people just don't have a rock bottom. They can end up in prison. They'll just be like, all right, let's go. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, let's, let's, start this trend even more of mental health checkups, just similar to dental checkups, but even more, almost more important because that mentality, the cognitive behavioral approach to changing behavior is so important. So yeah. I, I, I love how you, how you frame that. When I was a young man, uh, 16, 17 years old, I, I had a mentor who had a big impact on my life and he, he was a man who had gone through some hard times in life and kind of hit his rock bottoms. I mean, he'd been through a divorce after years of marriage, had a wife leave him. Um, it was it was super hard for him. And he said, essentially the same thing that, that you're saying. You know, we go to the doctor once a year for a physical. We go to the dentist every six months to make sure our teeth in order. Um, if we're really proactive about our health every day, we're working out, you know, maybe once a week we're weighing ourselves on the scale. And that's totally acceptable. You know, it's something we talk about. <laughs> it's something we talk about at work at, at around the water cooler. And, and I totally agree with you. There's a great need, I think, in our country and in the world in general to, to normalize this idea of, hey, our brain and our emotions are, are a part of who we are. And it's just as important to take care of those as it is to take care of the rest of our body. It, so that's, it, that's a super powerful thought. It really has kind of taken on a new life, like the, the idea of therapy. I remember in junior high and high school, there was such a negative stigma around, oh, I have to go to therapy. Like people would look, you'd be like, oh, so you're broken? You know, so instead people would make up these random excuses like, oh, uh, my parents are taking me out for ice cream uh, this same day every month, you know, <laughs> or this same day every week. I, I'm going to miss this class because I get to go get ice cream, you know? And I, I honestly, I love how, open and honest people would become with it, especially on like, on like social media and in conversations, it has totally changed that people are like, yeah, I, I have a therapist. Uh, I have multiple people in my family that are like, it's not that I've done anything wrong. I just go see a therapist in order to work through some things because I get emotional. Sometimes I feel defeated. Sometimes I need to process all these stresses that are going on in my life. So it's not just about these big traumas, which is why I love that you brought up Cody. It's not just about traumas. It's about regular checkups on, you know, to sit down and have someone for once sit down and say, how are you doing? 
How are you managing? What's going on in your life? Tell me about it. To be able to unload that burden is so healing. And, and I love that it has become normalized. So thank you for, for sharing that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you manage like the, their, their roller coaster system, because I'm sure when they first come in, I know it was for me, I came in and I was so afraid to mess up that I was just on this like straight up climb, like straight and narrow, I'm going to be perfect. And then the relapses start happening and the emotional battles. And then you find hope and like just this constant roller coaster of what's going on. So how do you manage the, the up and downs of, of dealing with clients that come in and talk to you? Yeah, it, my whole goal is the faster and more speedy approach to pondering, right? If we, we have all these grievances that our body and brain are going through, what we've gone through, any, any type of grief, we're, we're doing a lot of denial and, and bargaining and a lot of fretting. And so we want to get that up and down or that peak valley lifestyle we want to turn it into kind of like a really boring roller coaster, right? It's <laughs> one, like one that you're sorry you bought a ticket for. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. And so like, yeah, there's, there's steady upward climb. There's little blips, but it's not the, the roller coaster that keeps, keeps going up and down and just kind of crazy, uh, making us crazy. And so, but the thing is, if we're so limbic, if we go to the chemical scale and, and we're at that two or three, most of the time, for people that, I mean, know the chemical scale, um, we're just, it's going to be that limbic living. And so if we, the more we can get to pondering, and so that, that's my whole approach to therapy is getting them to know to the, go to their, their God, their higher power, get out of their own mind and go to a notice it, name it, flip it, find it, or some type of drill to, to make sure that we can get quicker and speedier to that, that approach. Um, but the thing is, there's that function that comes with the roller coaster living or the peak valley living. We like those highs, but then we also experience some high lows. But it, it kind of it kind of creates that that, that peak valley uh, living style. So if we can get out of that peak valley living style and just flatten it, just flatten it a little bit here and there, just little by little, go to the point where it's a a semi boring roller coaster. It's just that steady upward climb. It just helps us get to the point where we're just taking one thing at a time and and helping our progress. But getting to that pondering is going to be huge. Getting to some type of meditation or getting our brain and body quiet, especially after we have some type of warrior chemistry approach. So we get that word chemistry and then we go to gratitude for God, get to curiosity with God and see how we can help us in those quiet and still moments. So a lot of you who are listening, he's, uh, Cody has used a few phrases like uh, the chemical scale and warrior chemistry and stuff. I promise you, you will not be in the dark for long. All these topics are, are going to come up. Um, so don't, don't worry about if you're not fully understanding what that is yet. Uh, continue to listen to us and, and we will expound more on that. Um, and, but I, I love that you're, you're bringing up those things because those are super important tools. that we Just a simple provide. explanation of warrior chemistry. It's just, the, it's just an antidote for... Um, so when our chemicals get off and so really just going and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get to my right mind. I'm going to get to my values, my beliefs, and that's what I'm going to fight for whenever those are kind of attacked. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I love how you listed off all of these different things. And, and for those of you listening, a lot of these are, are tools that you will become more comfortable using as you engage um, in working with a therapist. And on that note, 
Um, what have you found makes for a successful client therapist relationship or interaction? You know, what, what, what are kind of some of those key things? If someone's thinking, okay, I'm going to go do this, how, how should they prepare themselves um, to start therapy? You know, is, is there any sort of a, a checklist or a mindset that they should come to therapy um, having? And then from your uh, experience, what's, what helps that interaction between you and the person you're working with be a successful interaction? Yeah, we, we just know that it's, man, it's super tough to come in for the first time. And so us as therapists, we have to practice what we call situational empathy. Just knowing that this person's coming in completely, you know, new to a situation or, I mean, if we, if we go to it, um, if we look at the, the bare, bare bones of it, they're coming in new, probably a little afraid. Um, if we don't get enough information beforehand, we, we, we come in not knowing anything as therapists. And so we have the situational empathy where we, we, we can read uh, demeanor. We can read a lot of the different emotions, the countenance of the person when they come in. And so sometimes, especially with teenagers, like I'll, I'll usually start out with saying, hey, um, would you rather be here? Would you have a stick in your eye? Would you rather have a stick in your eye? <laughs> and that really kind of quick, counts quick test. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but most people, you know, I'd say, you know, 60% come in like pretty, pretty ready. Making that first call is such a, an amazing step in the brain's process. And so it automatically prepares the, the body and brain and the, the limbic system for kind of that, that wall to go down just by making that first call to set up an appointment. But yeah, and then that coming to the office and seeing that it's a, it's a spiritual, it's a, it's a very dedicated room to, to make change and help change. And so if I can set up that spirit with situational empathy, it's going to be really helpful for anybody that comes in. And do you, uh, do you ever notice the, the transition from when they come in, like, okay, I'm, I'm coming in for therapy. I know what I'm supposed to say. I know kind of how I'm supposed to act. I've seen enough movies with therapy sessions in it that, <laughs> that there's kind of this uh, general idea. Do you notice kind of a transition of behavior and speaking that they go from saying the right thing to saying the genuine and honest thing? Yeah, especially when that when I can set up and do the work and be prayerful about um, setting up an office, it's, it's very comfortable for that. Um, I take pride in really making sure that my office is, is a place of, you know, a, a, a sacred place for people to come in and share some pretty sacred stuff. And so, I mean, there, there, there were a couple of times you totally called me out on my bull crap and you were like, <laughs> well, why don't you just go do this? Like, like, I don't think you really mean what you're saying, Cameron. And, right. and you just laid it all out. And so that, that's why I kind of brought that up because I remember those moments where you would bring to light what I was actually trying to hide and sneak around in the way that I worded things. Yeah, and it takes, it may take, you know, with some people like, like yourself, it would, wouldn't take very long because of, of your ability to get curious and inquisitive. But like for some people, there, there's gotta be wall, like several walls broken down. Um, in order for me to even get to the point where I can confront any type of adversarial thought or any distortion that would cause them. And so, especially with uh, the teenage population, teenage population probably takes about three or four sessions for, I don't know, 
for some that are very hesitant to go there, but for adults that want to get change real quick, which happens a lot in my therapy practice, they'll come in just like wanting to give all the information, get all the information and, and want it pretty um, intensely. So they can get there, but I have to tread lightly. I have to see according to the design of that person to see what developmental issues, anything that they're dealing with. Um, so I have to, I have to be, sometimes I'm just a little bit too careful and the, even the, the clients will say, Hey, call me out my crap, you know? And so I'm like, <laughs> all right, I, okay, dude, I'm coming at you, man. I'm going to go kick this demon out. You know, it's, it's delicate. And it's, it's, it's very, it's a divine design for every client that comes in. I have to use God's help a lot for that. I love how you, I love how you highlighted you work to make your office a, a sacred space because in true recovery, there's a big difference, right? Between just abstinence and, and real healing that goes on. And have you found, or is, is there a tendency that you've seen, you know, as that healing starts to take place, does the person ever become too reliant or too dependent on you as their therapist instead of do they expect you to be the recovery wizard, you know, wave your wand and, you know, okay, poof, I'm all better. And, and if so, kind of what's your two cents for people getting ready to come into therapy about how that relationship actually works? Yeah, I can pretty much, I can pretty much pinpoint that when I'm noticing that they're, they're relying on me for that recovery or for that validation. And I have to pinpoint it real quick and say, Hey, where, where's the truest validation come from? And where can you get that or where can you get that for yourself? Now, if it's, if it's like that, there might be some, there might be some disorders there. So I, I'm going to look at different areas to see what's happening within their system. And as I check their history and, and get a lot of questions or ask, yeah, I get curious to see about what their history is like, um, if there is any disorders and, but I can usually uh, pinpoint it um, pretty quick. But if they if they tend to rely on me, I always go back to remember that this isn't a, a one trick pony. This isn't a magic uh, pill that you can take. You know that a program therapists they're just we're just vehicles. We're just we call it, we call it surgical assistance to the surgeon uh, who, got, who who's God. We're just surgical assistance. We're just helpers, and we want you to get to the point where you can be healed by your higher power and with your heavenly Father. And so I have to constantly remind people of that. Um, and so, I will, yeah, that's one thing that I always remind people of. Um, now, yeah. you, you, you sound, and uh, you and I have talked, it's been a couple of years, and everything that I've heard Cameron say about you, uh, you know, knocks my socks off. You're, and I, I hope people listening tonight can tell what an incredible therapist you are. And, and we want to give you a chance at the end of this to, to let people know how they can get in, in touch with you, you know, and all therapists go through rigorous training, their certification they have to do. That said, is there such a thing as a right or a wrong fit? You know, how, how does someone know I found the therapist for me? You know, this is, is there such a thing as a right fit or a good fit for the person who's trying to go through their recovery process? And how do they know, okay, maybe this isn't the best fit for me and I, I need to go find find another therapist so so if i can just interject on this a little bit just from on my own personal experience cody was actually my third therapist the first two i had before him 
there was just no real connection. They, it was, uh, here's a worksheet, go home, work on it, come back, tell me if you've messed up and I'll give you another worksheet. And uh, so, so yeah, I, I just wanted to put that out there that for me personally, there was absolutely a right fit, uh, someone that was willing to stretch my ability to learn and grow without stressing and hurting my progress and was also able to be firm in correcting me without making me feel like I was being going in for another whipping, you know, another punishment session, because, you know, that's, that's not where, that's not what I needed. And uh, for me personally, Cody, you were, yeah, you were someone that definitely pushed me to be a better version of myself. And that's where I found, as Chris was saying, a, a right fit for me. Um, so I'll, I'll let you answer this question. I just, I just wanted to get that in there. Maybe I should have done it after you spoke, but I was too excited. So <laughs> good. It's a good preamble. No, that's yeah. good. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for that, Cameron. Yes. You know, I'm just one, you know, some people, they have different school of thoughts here. Like I, I've got to assess the first, uh, and I'm always assessing throughout all my sessions. If I, if I notice that there, there's a glitch in the system or something. And so, you know, a really good fit, I, you know, I don't know, everybody just has so much different, so many different perceptions and, and ideas here. I would say, I, I really want somebody that wants to know about me first and right. And then I can just speak freely. Hmm. I want them to know my history. I want to know, I want them to know all of me. Um, and so if they, if they get curious about me, I'm going to, I'm going to get quicker um, trust and, and, uh, and openness in that in that environment and so then I can speak freely and have an open environment there and so right therapist right fit you might have three or four like Cameron has been to you might have you might see the first one and you see that they're they're just great there's got to be a right spirit about it there's got to be someone that very I mean depending on the situation the therapist has to read it how they want to you know how can I adjust my approach to this this different personality because we get so many different um, personality types in our in our office, and so um, yeah, you just go away for, with that from that meeting and saying, "Man, I I felt heard, I felt validated, but not in a false validation. It was actually a needful validation. It's something that this person told me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. And I really mm-hmm. wanted to hear something different, but he told me what I needed to hear. <laughs> yeah. She told me what I needed to hear, but it didn't seem like confrontational. It seemed like, Oh man, that guy, man, that guy's some love. That guy has some empathy. And he, he wants to, he wants to get it right. Or he wants to help me uh, change that behavior in some way. So yeah, you might have three or four that you go through, but I would say, seek after one that gives you needful validation similar to what heavenly father does heavenly father is really good at giving us needful validation not what we want to hear but what we what we need to hear it's going to be perfect balance of justice and mercy and that's what personally i i I just want to mimic as much as i can my experience with heavenly father as he's my greatest counselor i just want to mimic how he does it with me so i try to do that you know, when you read a book for like the second time and you go back and you're like, oh, that's what that meant from this. And you kind of get this enlightenment from a previous portion. What you were just saying right there, I totally remember my very first session with you sitting down and you said, Cameron, 
we're, we're not really going to dive into the, the big problem that's going on right now. I just want you to tell me about yourself. I want to get to know you as a person. And if you have any questions for me, if you, if you want to know like what my credentials are, if you want to put, put me to the test a little bit, I'm, I'm an open book with you as much as I expect you to be an open book with me. And looking back just now, I had that realization of like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what he did is he opened up this door of friendship before, um, before therapist ship. Is that a word? <laughs> therapist ship? Sure. <laughs> it is, it almost, is now. He, you just made it up. We'll, we'll submit it to the. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I love that you, you pointed out that, you know, telling us what, what we need to hear. Because for years, I was told to just stop, to just stop what I was doing. But it wasn't until I walked into your office and you said, Cameron, we're going to help you stop. I'm here with you and I'm going to help you walk through this. And together, we're going to make it so you can win. And that was the first time that I had ever heard that. It wasn't, you need to figure out how to beat this. You need to figure out how to stop. It was, this is going to happen and it's going to be exciting. And I'm stoked for you, bro. And you had so much enthusiasm for it that that made so much of a difference. Um, so my next question though was, I mean, we, we were in conversations for about two years. Is there ever a point that, or I guess, is there ever an end point to therapy as it relates to addiction recovery? And, and if so, how does someone know when they've reached that point? Yeah, you know, like I want to just you know, always want people to implement the at least six month mental health checkup. But once people get in, it's hardly even get past the sexual self mastery of it all. But like uh, once people get to that point where they can they can see that there's a lot of time between them and any type of sexual misbehavior, um, then we go into self mastery, right? And so um, it kind of transitions from not not just the temptation, but then the adversary transitions to a lot of the torment. He goes into a lot of torment through mood battles and um, communication battles, relationship battles as, as people are navigating recovery. So there ought to be some type of a mental health checkup or, because I don't, I don't really think there's any graduation, official graduation until we, until we get to the end of this life. And some people might think of that as like, Cody, you're really biased in your <laughs> question, but um, I, I just, it's so helpful to just unload in an office that like I can just open the window and everything just goes out afterward, you know? So starting a mentorship, starting something like a personal warrior training or, or being a life coach or starting on your journey or somebody's journey to, to help as a, as a clinician or whatever it is. Um, continuing that recovery process and have your feet by the fire all the time. And especially with passion projects, really get passion like this, uh, you know, this uh, podcast is an amazing passion project for you and for Chris. And so always have your feet to the fire with passion to look at the next thing that has an element of impossibility that makes us want to go get help from God and and creating new new avenues and new passions. So I don't think there is any end to like a therapy process because I think we need it through all, all of our life. Um, but there is like fewer and far between because we just get 
quicker, faster to pondering and getting with God, our most important um, counselor. Um, I don't know and if I that love, answers enough or sufficiently. No, I, I thought that was amazing. And I loved how you pick, uh, picked up on the fact or highlighted the fact that our battles don't stop just because we're at a good place in our recovery. You know, the devil is the enemy to our, our happiness, our eternal salvation. And so if addiction's not working, like you said, he's going to start picking at our moods, at our relationships, at our, uh, at other areas, um, you know, that are critical to, to us. And I love, love, at least what I heard when you were, when you were walking us through that was the question isn't, you know, when will this be over, but how can this help me get to the next level? You know, it's not when can I be done with therapy, but how can, how can working with a therapist empower me to go do that next great thing that I want to accomplish in my life? So I, I thought that was super powerful and, and we're just about out of time. I wanted to leave you a couple minutes. If you had any parting words of wisdom um, to our listeners who are, are, who are starting their path to recovery, who are looking at getting a therapist um, and just kind of give you an open floor for a minute or two to, to spread some knowledge, drop some knowledge on us. Yeah, thanks. I, I just want to tell them that they're going to be okay. There are a lot of people out there that are trained really well to help them get to their next best self or to their higher self as they go. Um, there are a lot of people out there that just love and, and want to, to show you uh, different avenues and different visions of your future and, and how to get there. There's every hesitancy in your right to be hesitant and you're, you're valid to be hesitant to go and be vulnerable, depending on your perception, what you've lived in your life up until, up until now, it's, it's rough, right? Uh, sometimes we've been in situations where we couldn't open up or we're ashamed for doing so, or if we're, we're ashamed for doing anything wrong. Um, but man, humanity is so hard. And so being able to come in and, and, Get those things off your chest and uh, off your body and brain and be able to release that outside of you is really, really helpful. And so a lot of people go to, if they don't go to something to, to release all that pain, most of the time they go into something that's against their value system or beliefs and that tends to reinforce the pain and it doesn't release any of that pain outside of them, their selves and their mind and their body. And so um, that's what we do as therapists. We just help people do that and just know that there are many options out there you can look up so many really cool websites just look up counseling in your area or whatever and there'd be a lot of options psychology today has a lot of options go up and look up you can even look at the people the pictures that are their different specialties and give them a call thank you so much for for sharing those those last words cody if i were to label you anything it would be an author of hope and i owe so much of, as I said before, so much of my happiness, my, my current state of well-being to your wisdom and your spirit and your kindness. And I, I'm just, I'm so grateful for you, for you. And I, I know there's, I don't, I know I don't speak alone when I say that um, you've honestly changed my life. And for, for those of you out there listening, there can be the same kind of relationship the same kind of teacher that will help you find that self-mastery, that will help you find hope, because that's what this is all about. That's what Cody was saying. 
you can have hope that you can beat this, you can win. And that's what we're here trying to teach you. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for what you said there. Um, it's, it was so inspiring. And um, for, for anyone around, now your offices are in the Farmington, Utah area? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So anyone around that area, is there a way that they could get a hold of you uh, most easily? Yeah, they can, uh, they can look me up at lifechangingservices.org, or you can call my office at 385-519-6089 and uh, set up an appointment. Or I, you know, even if you just needed kind of a 10-minute consultation, I do those often. I usually have time if I'm not kind of doing my transition back to home or back into work. I usually try to get a call in um, on my drives. Um, but thank you, Cameron. That was really, and thank Heavenly Father for you creating that timer, you know, dialing that number to set up an appointment with a therapist. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how Heavenly Father works and how he sets up these wonderful connections and synergies. I'm so grateful for him for, for what he's done for you and, and me being just kind of a surgical assistant there. You're amazing, Cameron. Thank you. You're amazing. Warrior Kems. Warrior oh, Kems. Yeah. Just geeking out right now. Just <laughs> feeling it, bro. Oh, so yeah. awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> Cody Haas, thanks for coming on. You've been amazing. Uh, to our listeners, we'll have his contact information uh, in the description if you'd like to reach out to him. And until next time, keep I up also the, do, yeah, sorry, I also do a weekly us. walk with Cody. If you ever want to just get my weekly musings, I do a weekly walk with Cody just to just hear what I'm talking about that week. So, and those, Ooh, those, are, been, on, just, those are on just Facebook, the name right? Is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On Facebook, weekly walk with Cody. Yeah. Perfect. All right, everyone. Well, thank you. And uh, again, if you need to find a therapist to help you recover you, uh, you can always reach out to us. You can reach out to Cody or you can reach out to a therapist in your area. You are amazing. You guys can do this. Have hope and don't give up the fight. We will see you next week.